Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Joined today as we are when he feels like being here, it's Mike Florio. What's going on, Mike? I I missed one week. One week. That's it. And Greg, I'm sorry for the shadows. I bought some lights. I'm trying to make it better, but uh, I was in like an hour of L.A. traffic before coming on the show, so... I got home with like five minutes before, so I couldn't really get rid of the shadows too much. Here, uh, here, LA traffic's very terrible. Dude, I had to go like ten miles. It took me over an hour. Oh my god, it's awful. Frank, I don't know what you yeah. do. I don't. You'd lose. You'd lose it, man. I would listen to a lot of podcasts. I guess that's that's the best way to look at it. But Mikey, how does it compare to you know? Do you really miss the R train here? Do you really miss public transportation? Uh, I do not miss the train at all. Um, I do. I don't know. I, I, New York traffic's pretty bad itself, but it just L.A. is the worst I've ever experienced. But luckily for me, and I feel like a lot of people out here, like you, you try your best to not have to get on the highway. So I typically do a good job of avoiding it. But today it was just inevitable. I've been on that highway, too. When I was in L.A., it's like it's like six or eight lanes wide, right? Like it's it's absolutely insane. Yeah, the 405. Luckily, I wasn't on that today. I was, uh, I was coming back from downtown LA. But yeah, the 405 is, is atrocious. Wild great. How you doing, bud? How'd you sleep? I slept great, man. Slept really good. Slept pretty good, too. Slept awesome. I don't know I what watched, it was. I was watching Curry versus Curry, which is tons of fun. Great game. Tons of fun. Oh. And then the game ended. And I, I went, just really choked that one away. I went to bad. bed, woke up to some panic text messages about 614 this, uh, sorry, 609 this morning. <laughs> what panic text messages? I don't even know what happened here. What? Yeah, so... Well, yeah, you don't fill me in on anything anymore. I'm supposed to be Greg's right-hand man. The guy doesn't tell me anything. Frank, you, you don't want to know anything. You, you, don't, want, you don't want to deal <laughs> no, with this. You're not wrong. You don't want to deal with anything. That, sometimes I got to know, though. You know? You just leave me in the dark. So today, there's a miscommunication. So Bavona is gone, Flora, because he's getting married on Sunday. So, Congrats, Bavona. Yeah, he's not here. He can't hear you. So... I got a text. We'll send that to him. Um... So the person that was replacing him, uh, he had told us, we, I thought, he'd be here today and not Monday and Tuesday. So I had a contingency for Monday and Tuesday, how he would fill it in. Uh, but we had misread the email. He will be here Monday. He was not here today or Tuesday. So, so there was nobody here. There was nobody here. <laughs> so thankfully, Brian stepped up, was able to handle things a, a little bit late. But there's nobody here early this morning. And ah. things were a bit of a, a, a crap show. Uh, early this morning here. 
Oh, we should have had Florio on call. I, I, he still knows how to do some things, right? It was like 3 a.m. Florio time. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was not awake, but I do not miss. Greggy, I don't know if you remember uh, Thanksgiving, like, Either, I think it was no. It was I do. I do every Thanksgiving, Florida. So yeah, yeah. remember I got the show started. I, I think at seven a.m. I walked in at like six fifty-eight. For right. they were freaking out. Yes, they were. That, that's a fact. <laughs> Greggy, this weekend's about to get crazy. It's about to get crazy, Greggy. It is. Whatever you want to so, call it. So Fabageddon, Fabaganza, no, 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 no. Fabnado. I like Fabnado. I'm out of all. I think podcast yesterday, Fabageddon. Yeah, so all those, very dumb. Right? So very, very dumb. Because we're like, oh, it's the end of the world. Fab. Arr! Like, all right. Enough Fabageddon. Uh, enough Fabnado. Enough. Yeah, wait whatever. till you hear what this guy came up with, uh, yeah. Mike. Do you realize so what creative. today's show is going to be, Florio? What is it? Zoom this in, Alex. Here we go. This is a Fab Uloso show, is what this is. This show is Fab-U-Lo-So. Did you go this morning and buy that? Nope, we had it. <laughs> you want to come in? It's a Fab-U-Lo-So show. There's people looking inside the studio like, why the hell is this guy holding up a bottle of Fabuloso? I actually know, I actually know that person. Oh, really? Look oh, yeah. at you, Mr. Popular. Everyone Absolutely. knows Greg. Absolutely. What is Fabuloso? You use it to clean. Long-lasting fragrance. That's what it says on the bottle. Lavender. Fresca lavanda. It is long-lasting that's going to help your fantasy team in a long-lasting way. You're not going to waste your money on a Carter Kibu who didn't help your fantasy team Breaks with our fab. I, you know, I still have PTSD. So do I. But we're going to help fantasy owners with their Fabuloso weekends. Greg, here's what I will say. I'm really excited about this weekend because I'm very confident that at least three or four other teams are going to get down to my level of fab, and that makes me happy. Like, there's going to be... Oh, totally. There's going to be three or four teams that spend, like, over $300 this weekend in the main event or in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, and they will all be under $200 fab for the rest of the season together. And that will make me feel a little bit better. Although I will not have any of these prospects on my team, which makes me a little sad, but... Frank, I have a question have it all. for you. What's up, Mikey? So you said you're under 200 in fab, right, in those leagues? Yes, sir. Are you going to put every dollar you have on these players and hope that you get one? I can't because in the main event, uh, there are no $0 bids. So I kind of so like uh, you- I have to be prudent here. I got I to gotta figure out what to do. I have 179 in the main event, and I have 221 in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Uh, and there are no zero, $0 bids allowed in each of these. So I'll have bids in. I mean, look, it's more than likely that I'm not going to end up. Th- these guys are, that we're going to talk about are going to go for more money than I even have left. So I realize that I'm going to still have bids in on like Nikki Lopez, Oscar Mercado, probably nothing too I was crazy. Say, those which, are the two to target for you, which means that I'm probably just not going to get any of these guys. And it's all right. Like my team is performing now, knock on wood. So uh, even without Aaron Judge, so we'll see if we can keep it up. But overall, I'm not really expecting to win a lot of these prospects here. That doesn't mean everyone else can't go out there and win them. And that's basically what we're here today to do, Greggy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so last night, in my league, not enough people paying attention. So the people that I, I thought would get Hira and get Riley did. People that were not paying attention didn't. So my league, not helpful for you when it comes to fab. We want to be more helpful. So we heard yesterday from you, Frank, 
on how much you were going to bid on these guys, Hira and Riley um, and, and Nikki Lopez and more, and Brendan Rodgers potentially. But, Florian, I want to get your rankings. I know they're inside your Patreon page, but if you can help us out, what are yeah. your rankings on these guys on a fabuloso Friday? So, to me, I think uh, Mercado is last. I think that's an easy one. I agree. Uh, I, I think Nikki Lopez is next. Uh, I just don't. I like Nicky Lopez. I think he's the safest of all these prospects, but I don't think he has the upside of the other four. So I couldn't. I actually couldn't agree more. Like his playing time secured. They, he was brought up for the Royals not for any injury. He was brought up because it's time to bring him up, time to let him play, and, and time to just get better. He they made put him it. right in the two spot. Two spot at second base. They moved with Merrifield for him. Put him at second base. That middle infield combo with Alberto Mondesi and Nicky Lopez, I mean, that is the combo for the future, ideally, for the Kansas City Royals. So I could not agree any more with you thus far, Florio, that his job is safe. I, I don't think he has the upside both power and speed. I think he could be a good average hitter, uh, and I think he'll help your fantasy teams, but he won't light the world on fire. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. And, and also, like, the Royals aren't competing. That's another thing I always I like to factor in. Uh, and after that, I think the next four... It, it, depending on who you ask, you might get different answers. To me, my personal favorite of them is Brendan Rodgers. Uh, he plays a premium position. He's going to have shortstop and second base eligibility. He's going to be in the Rockies lineup, uh, get half his games at Coors Field. Plus, to me, I think there's really no threat at stealing his job, at least initially. Like, I don't think he's going to get Carter Keyboom. Like, all right, he had a bad three weeks. Let's send him down because Garrett Hampson has done nothing. To, to warrant you know taking that job away neither has ryan mcmahon and they both have had mcmahon has had shots in the past as well so i think brendan rogers is my favorite just because the pre, uh, premium position and the course field i would put austin riley i think uh second but man it's it's close between all of these guys and, and i think a lot of it when you're I spoke about this on my podcast. When you're deciding on which order you want to put these guys in, to me, a lot of it comes down to what positions you need. Because if you need a middle infielder, all right, and maybe I'll go with Brandon Rogers over Austin Riley. But if I really need, say, a third baseman or an outfielder, then I'm boosting up Willie Calhoun and Austin Riley. So to me, I think those four guys are all very close. I have Brandon Rogers as my personal favorite, then with the with the Riley second. But I think. All and I think Calhoun doesn't have the ceiling of the other guys, but he's not off by much. Uh, I just think the other guys, uh, there's a little bit more hype around them because we haven't seen them fail at the major league level yet. But I think all four of them deserve to go in the same range. And I think in in leagues like the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational and the and like NFBC main events or anything, any league with an overall 15 team league, I think 25 to 30 percent is what these guys are going to cost. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I'll actually take it one step further based on what Mike said. It's not just positional need, what you need. Uh, I think you look at statistical need, too. So if you need power, I think Austin Riley is probably your guy. If you need a little bit of everything on the offensive side, then you're probably looking at a guy like Kesson Hira or even Brendan Rodgers, who I think might be able to hit for decent batting average, a little bit of pop, obviously playing in Coors Field in Colorado. Uh, he sold 12 bases last year, so it gives you a little bit of everything. I, so I think statistical need is another factor into this, Greg. If you just need speed, then maybe you're a little bit more aggressive on Oscar Mercado. So I think not only is it positional need, I do agree with that. That is obviously going to play a big factor into who you're bidding on this weekend. But I think what stats you need also factors into which players you're bidding on here, Greg. Yes, like of if course. You need, if you need pitchers, last week in NFBC, Corbin Martin wasn't available yet because he has to at least play in one game Got it. before he's available. So he was available the next day on Monday because he made his start on Sunday, but he wasn't available that night. So... That's another factor into this. If you need pitching, then maybe you're really, really aggressive on Corbin Martin, 
even ahead of some of these hitters. It really comes down to what you need for your team, Greg. Of course it is. Do you need do you need power? Do you need speed? Do you need middle infield? Do you need outfield? Do you need a corner infield? That those are the questions you have to ask yourselves. But almost like a draft, Frank, and I know you put a lot going into the draft on position scarcity and position eligibility. Does it matter? Right? Like, if you believe Austin Riley is the best, is the best hitter out of any of these guys, don't you just go out and grab him and then worry about the rest of it later? Not necessarily. Yes. Oh, Ooh, you think so? Okay. Um, I think if you truly believe he is head and shoulders above the... I don't. I think all four of these guys are very close. And say uh, those, and four, and say those little, four again, Floria. Uh, it's, it's Willie Calhoun, Austin Riley, Brendan Rogers, and Keston Ayura. I always struggle to say his it's last Ayura name. Ayura or Ayura? Uh, Ayura. Ayura. Yeah, Ayura. So I, mean, I, I listened to it. audio from the minor leagues, and they were saying the I before it. So I, that's, that's how uh. I've been saying it. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying I'm, I'm right. I struggle with that guy's name. But to me, those four <laughs> are all very, very close together. They're, they're very similar. They, they have sky-high upside. I think a lot of them, outside of Willie Calhoun, do have to worry because they're, they're on teams that are looking to compete this year. That's why I think Brendan Rodgers, though, because the positional competition is less, like... I'm not gonna let's not fully discount Travis Shaw and Ender and Ciarte being somewhat of competition for those other guys. So that's why I have Brandon Rogers won. But if you truly believe, Greg, that Austin Riley, he's the can't miss guy here, then yes, I think you do need to pay up to get your guy. When Mike breaks it down like that, I think it makes sense. But I, I think from my perspective and just looking into all these prospects, I don't think that they're all that dissimilar. If you think that Austin Riley is the best, then sure. And I think you know, he's obviously performed really well thus far, but, I, you know, there's a lot of hype around all these guys, Kesson Hira, uh, Brendan Rodgers. Uh, so I think that they're all close. I don't think that there's one prospect here that's head and shoulders uh, better than the rest. But if you were to say think that, then I understand why you would be aggressive on that one player more than others. But I'm just saying, based on everything that I've read, everything that I've seen, the way that I feel about these prospects, I think that they're pretty close. And I'm actually kind of surprised that you have Brendan Rodgers first here, Mike, because... To me, I would have it, and I've said this all week, I would have a Kesson Hira first, Austin Riley second, then maybe a little bit of a gap. I would have Brendan Rodgers, and then maybe a little bit more of a gap, and then Willie Calhoun. I do think that all four of those guys are probably in their own tier together, but I think that the offensive upside, the output that Hira and Austin Riley can give you outweighs what Brendan Rodgers can give you. So I'm a little bit surprised that you have him first on that list. The reason being is because I, I am a li I think we do need to learn some lessons from past mistakes. And Carter Keboom, the big mistake was, yeah, he sucked, but this team was competing and they have other players who could play those positions when they're at least healthy. And, and so do the Brewers and so do the Braves. And those are two teams that are very much so competing, hoping to win a division this year. They're in a dogfight, each of them. So I don't necessarily think... Like, if either one of those two guys were to start to struggle, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them either lose playing time to the veteran that is going to return from injury, whereas I don't think that is an issue for Brandon Rodgers. That's the only, to me, it's like the, the upside and the safety combined to me. It's just a little bit, it puts him a little bit higher than the other guys for me. I, I just have some concerns when it comes to the Rockies because it feels like when, whenever they've had prospects or young players, and I realize that Brandon Rodgers is their top prospect. Like, he is a higher-ranked prospect than guys like, Garrett Hampson and Ryan McMahon in the past, and even Ryan Meltapia, but it seems like they've had prospects forever, and they've been so hesitant to give these guys an opportunity. Now, Brendan Rodgers is going to be up today, should be in the lineup, hopefully, that's what we're expecting, but it just seems like they're a team more so than even other teams, Greg, where like if a prospect is struggling, 
that they're going to find a way to like get a veteran in there or, or find a way to mess this up, like Pat Vileka or like Mark Reynolds Absolutely. playing over like other guys too. Absolutely. Like, how long have we wanted Ryan McMahon or Garrett Hampson sure. to be a thing? And they gave these guys opportunities this year, and they haven't capitalized. So I understand that. And I like Brent Rodgers. I don't want to sound like I'm poo-pooing him. I like him as well. And, and having exposure to Coors Field is a, is a very big factor for fantasy baseball. But it just seems like organizationally, Greg, their philosophy has been that they just don't trust right. young players all that much. Totally. And, so, and Atlanta, just going back, Atlanta's been the opposite, right? Like, they've kind of let their young players run with it, in a way, with Albies and Swanson and Alcuna, of course. I think those guys, though, they, they came up at a different time. Okay. They came up when the break, like last year, I know the Braves won the division. They did not have expectations of that. Their, their plan was to let the young kids play, and they ended up completely outperforming what everyone thought and running away with it which is awesome to see but they they're competing now and they're they need to win and the brewers we know they like to mix and match we'll take a break when we come back i want to get into willie calhoun for a moment because i joked about it with you frank yesterday and i want to ask you about it today florio dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com the following ad contains shocking material listener discretion is advised is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of russian roulette over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. Full-time fantasy. Some of you guys play in first-come, first-serve leagues, so a lot of these guys are probably gone at this point. You know, you really have to stay on top of the news, and you got to be quick to the trigger, man. You can't even really sleep in those leagues, and I don't play in any leagues that have first-come, first-serve because it's not right. And this is, again, from the perspective of someone who could take advantage of it, and I just don't think it's right. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. So back with you here on the Fantasy BFFs. We're going to give you out the prices that we think you should spend on these guys. I, I promise you, we'll go in nice and order and make it easy for you. But before we do, I wanted to speak about Willie Calhoun a little bit more in depth for a moment. Now, last year, all three of us were all in a Willie Calhoun. Florida, probably third out of the three of us. You, obviously, the most, Frank. It didn't work out. He finally got called up. He didn't hit. He got sent back down. Finally came back, like, literally the last two weeks of September. Was never given consistent playing time. He's been up for two days, two home runs for Texas, batting out of the two-hole. One day at DH, one day in left field. New manager is Chris Woodward in Texas. So, 
totally new regime, totally new opportunity for Calhoun. And I think some of the prospect luster, Mike, is gone from Willie Calhoun because of what happened last year. We haven't seen Austin Riley yet. We haven't seen um, Hira yet. We haven't seen Brendan Rodgers yet. We haven't seen Nicky Lopez yet. We haven't seen Oscar Mercado yet. But we have seen Calhoun. And because of that, I think in, forget the expert leagues, but I think in people's home leagues, they're going to see Willie Calhoun. They're going to be like, all right, been there, done that. It didn't work. So I think you could actually get him a little cheaper. Why is he in your top four with Riley, Hira, and Rogers? So I thought the same thing, Greggy. And when he first got the call up, I wrote on Patreon, I would spend five to 10% of my fab because my thinking was everyone else is going to want these other prospects. Willie Calhoun, like you said, has lost that luster. We've seen him fail before. I thought people were going to kind of be like, all right, I'll get Willie Calhoun as a backup bid. And I was dead wrong. Like, Frank can attest to this. He went for over $20 in both of our home leagues. And that is a league where I thought people were going to think the same way. He went for more than Nicky Lopez. He went for more than Mercado. So I don't think people are are reacting the way we thought, Greggy. And I fully admitted on my podcast yesterday, like, I read this situation wrong with Willie Calhoun. I hope you didn't listen to the 5 to 10% or your fab didn't run yet because I think he is going to be in a similar range as those other guys. To me, he is fourth just because I do think that that luster is a little bit worn off with him where the other guys, everyone is really excited. But still, Willie Calhoun was mashing at the AAA level this year, hitting 304, eight home runs, uh, 22 RBI. And then he had over a 400 OBP. And then the fact that he's come up and played this well, I think everyone is excited. And, and I don't see reason why they shouldn't be. The, the Texas Rangers are not competing this year. We know that. I don't think Hunter Pence or, or Sinshu Chu are, are really going to stand in his way. Unfortunately, I think both of those guys, Pence being the big loser, but I think both loses some time. Woodward does not seem to trust Chu against lefties for some reason. So uh, so I think both of those guys kind of step aside. I think they're going to let Willie Calhoun continue to play. He's going to bat in the two hole. And yesterday it was great to see the only player in that game and the Texas Rangers put up a lot of runs. At least when I looked, the only player who who had a higher a ball harder hit than Willie Calhoun's multiple hits yesterday was Joey Gallo. So that's really good uh, company to be in. He's hitting the ball hard. He's doing everything you wanted to see so far. He's red hot right now. I think because of that hot start and because of what he's been doing in AAA, he is going to be right up there with those other guys. Yeah, and I read the situation wrong as well, Mike. I had, I think, a 6 or $7 bid in our home league, and he goes for 22 and $21 respectively in our two home leagues, both 12-team head-to-head points, keeper leagues. So... Uh, I understand why he would go for a little bit more, especially in a keeper league, if you think that he has some staying power and obviously for years to come, the upside that he has. But professional hitter, man. This is what I really like about Willie Calhoun. Say what you will about his defense. He's a horrible defender. He might honestly uh, work out as a a full-time DH. It's crazy to say as young as he is. He's still only 24 years old, but he is that bad of a fielder. But if you look at his minor league numbers, this is a guy who's never struck out more than 15.9% at any level of the minors. This season... Mike spoke about his OBP at 416, 15.9% walk rate for Willie Calhoun, a 13.8% strikeout rate. This guy's a professional hitter. He hits line drives. Um, He's hitting for power already at the major league level. He has a 31 homer season under his belt a couple of years ago when he came over from the Los Angeles Dodgers and between the Dodgers and Rangers farm system that year, he had 31 home runs in the minors. He was performing well this year. I think he's going to be in the lineup. I don't really worry about splits with him either, unless that's something that Chris Woodward worries about, because when I looked into his minor league numbers, he didn't struggle against lefties at any level. So, again, 
professional hitter and a guy that can hit for power in a really good spot in a really good lineup. Like we kind of, I think we underestimated the Rangers lineup coming into this year. It's still a really, really good ballpark to hit in, and for him to hit second in that lineup behind Shinsu Chu and ahead of guys like uh, Elvis Andrews when he's healthy and, and Joey Gallo and all these other mashers behind him, he's in a really, really good spot. So I do agree that if you if you need power and you need batting average specifically those two categories and you play in a five outfielder league, you're going to have to be really aggressive. You're looking at 20 to 25%. Now, the, one of the I really like about Calhoun, outside of the statistics that you guys both gave, is what I also liked about Nicky Lopez. He wasn't caught. Like, yes, Elvis Andrews got hurt. But I don't know that that had anything to do with Willie Calhoun being called up. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Willie Calhoun's playing the infield. It's not like any of their outfielders are coming inside. Yeah, they just called him up because he's ready. They called him up because he's ready. And they batted him right there in the top of the order. And he's obviously produced for the first two games. Much like Lopez this year, unlike last year, Calhoun seems safe. And if you're looking for a little bit of safety, Calhoun's your guy. When they changed the ball in the minor leagues, he went from not having any power last year, if you remember, Frank. That was a huge issue. I believe he had eight home runs thus far this year. Yeah, he had eight home runs in like 30 games. He had nine and over 100 last year. Guys, I don't know how many times this week for these prospects I've had to write, oh, career high ISO this year. Right. The juice ball right. is real. Like, yeah. And the, the power that you're seeing in AAA from these guys is going to translate over. Yeah. At Absolutely. least in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I totally, totally agree with that. Um, so that's why Calhoun gets in Florio's top four uh, and gets people like Frank really excited. Uh, and that makes sense to me. Okay. Before we give the prices, I just want to hit... I, I, one more thing. You just retweeted Aaron Glenn Florio, and you talked about Luis Arias getting called up for Minnesota. What can you tell us about him, and where does he belong in all of this? Yeah, he's an afterthought, I think. Uh, I don't even know if he's going to play every day for the Twins. I, I don't know too much about his uh, like prospect pedigree, but what I read during the break was no power, a little bit of speed, really good bat on ball. Uh, so to me, and what even like the beat writers are, are speculating right now is like he is a depth piece. He's going to play some games here and there, but for fantasy, I think he's more of just an afterthought. Florio, I know, I'm sorry, Frankie, I know you don't have much on Arias, so I want to go to you about uh, another prospect that was called up kind of under the radar, and you pointed that out to me. It was Sean Anderson for the San Francisco Giants. What should we know about him, and should we, should we invest here, or is it not worth it at this point? Wait and see. Uh, I think in 12-team leagues or shallower than that, it's, it's a wait and see. You put him on your scout team. He is the top-pitching prospect for the Giants. Doesn't really say much. They don't have a great farm system. Probably projects out more of like a mid-to-late rotation piece at the major league level, like an SP3 or SP4. But I think it's worth noting just because he's going to play half of his home games, uh, half of his games in Oracle Park, obviously in that big ballpark. Uh, doesn't really have, doesn't really flash anywhere. Like doesn't have like a plus fastball, but he's solid across the board. Um more of like a 15-teamer, maybe, obviously, NL only. Uh, the Giants don't have, you know, great pitching outside of, like, Madison Bumgarner, who's performed, you know, all right this year. But uh, I, I think that they're going to leave this guy in the rotation. They want to see what they have in him. Uh, and the fact that he pitches his home games in Oracle Park, uh, I think he's worth a look in deeper leagues, like 15-team mix if you're really desperate for pitching. And obviously, NL only, just because he has a spot in the rotation right now. All right, so let's give out, then, what you are spending. Yeah, Florian. So I was going to just real quick before we go over these guys, because uh, these are the six that everyone like cares about. And we know that 
Like, someone in Frank's position this week, do you think they're going to be able to sneak one by the goal and get these guys for cheaper than they are? Because I do think that's going to happen this week. I think everyone is bracing to spend big fab on these six guys that the other guys are going to be even cheaper. Like, non-prospects? I agree. Yeah, like any of these, even like Corbin Martin, I think, is getting overlooked right now. I, so I, 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 I'd, be loved, I, I'd be happy to get him. I, I, I very him. much agree with you, Florio, that the guys we're going to talk about in a moment, the veterans, the Tommy Lastellas of the yeah, world. I picked up Miguel Sano in our home league for four bucks. Yeah. So that's like one of those where like he gets overlooked. It's just under the radar. Former exactly. top prospect. Because you know, everybody's putting bids on. a lot of people down. Yeah, Everyone's just so sense. focused on yep. the young guys. These veterans are going to go for a lot less. And I know, Frank, you were working this morning on guys that are out there in GST, outside of the young players. Guys that are out there in GDD. For us, that are not these young players. Guys that people are going to forget about because so much money is going to be spent on these young players. But that's what you care about, and we understand and we get it. It's Fabuloso Friday. So, (laughs) how much this weekend of their budget should players spend on Austin Riley? Let's start there. Um. All right, so if I was just saying 20 to 25% on Willie Calhoun, I think Austin Riley is in that range. I can see him getting a little bit more hype. Look, I spent over... 35% 35% of my fab on Carter Keyboom. So if this is your guy, you need to find the one. That's your guy. You need to find your guy. You need a third baseman. You need a quarter infielder or outfielder. Uh, goes back to what we were saying earlier. Positional needs, statistical need. You have to figure out what you really need for your for your team. And you're going to be really aggressive for that player. And it's not to say, like, you're obviously going to set backup bids for the other prospects as well. But you have to decipher which one is the one for you. So... If it's if it turns out to be Willie Calhoun, then I could see approaching thirty percent. You got to get that guy on your team. I understand that. Again, I spent over thirty percent on Carter Keyboom, and I'm hating myself right now for it. But it's in the past. If you need Austin Riley, you need some pop. You need some power. Uh, you need uh, batting average. Everything that he's done thus far, everything he's done in the minors, fifteen home runs in the minors. His first two games, he looks the part. All the quotes that I've seen about him. I retweeted something from Brian Snedeker last night as well. Mm-hmm. Brian McMahon talking about how legit this kid is. Um, it's going to take 25 to 30%. And if you really need that power, you really need that batting average, I could see going over 30% from Greg. The yeah. uh, floor. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say, I, I agree 100% on that. I've been saying all week, 20, and, and 15 team leagues, leagues with an overall, anything like that, 25 to 30%, with go, even willing to go a little bit higher if you really want him. I will say, though, I've been telling people if you play in a you know a 12 team home league, I think you devalue it a little bit. You can make it 20 to 25% there just because I don't, I feel like players are less aggressive in those leagues. Yeah, and that makes sense. I've seen sure. that even in like 12 team NFBC leagues when people are talking about Fab. Uh, Traditionally, the the players go for much more in 15 teamers just because you don't get this level of talent all coming up at once, um, and it's just it's obviously harder to find uh, players that can contribute in 15 team leagues as compared to 12 teamers. So I agree 100%. We see it week in and week out that in in 15 teamers in those deeper leagues, uh, these prospects and, and just players overall go for more money than than in the 12 teamers. Prospects in general are always going to go for more money, whether it's expert leagues or. 12-team leagues or home leagues? Uh, in one league, Austin Riley went for $20 in our 12-team Not a surprise. Leagues, so. Yeah, not, not a surprise. I had a $14 bid on him. But you weren't surprised by the 20. No, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, okay. So you said Calhoun. You have said now Austin Riley as well. Flora, let me start with you with Hi- uh, Hira, Hira, whatever. Heston, Hira. Uh, to me, 
I, they're all these big guys, these big four, and it's going to sound kind of boring. I got like to me, it, I agree with what Frank said. You find the one that you really want and you'd be most aggressive on him. But for if you know, I'm telling people what to bid, I'm telling them 25, 30% on this too, unless you're in like a shallower league, which then I've been saying 20 to 25%. Because I think all of these guys are going to go in a very, very similar range. You're going to see a lot of. 250 to $300 bids, probably even a little bit more on some of them. So 25 to 30% is what I've been saying. But if this is the guy that you want, I'm okay going up to 35% on any of these guys. Yeah, and I agree with that. And all along I had here as my higher rank prospect, just in a vacuum, if you don't have any positional need, if you just, who's the best prospect of the bunch? I think Kesson Hira has consistently been ranked as a higher rated prospect than Austin Riley. It doesn't always work out that way, but... 333 in the minors this year, 11 home runs, adds a little bit of speed as well, just hitting in a really good ballpark, obviously, in Milwaukee, in a really good lineup. It's just, I think the ballpark and the lineup give him a little bit more of an edge over Austin Riley, and it's not like Atlanta's a bad place to hit, but overall, Miller Park is just better, and, and the Brewers lineup is better overall, so that's why, if you're just saying in a vacuum, I would give a slight edge to Keston here, Greg. And that's what you said yesterday, I believe, as well. Two days ago. Whenever, whenever, whenever it was. Whenever it was. Okay. Uh, that leads us to Brendan Rodgers, right? So, Brendan Rodgers, I know we keep grouping these four guys. Flory, I'll be with you again with Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, I, I'm going to say the same thing again. 20 to 20, <laughs> uh, 25 to 30%. Go higher if this is your guy in the home league. 20 to 25%. But another reason why I love uh, Rodgers so much is I looked at yesterday the production the Rockies have gotten out of the second base position this year. You guys ready for this? It's absolutely disgusting. A 199 average, which was uh, the third lowest amongst all teams from second base position this year. One of which lower than them was the Nats. Uh, 270 OBP. That was the lowest in the league. And a 290 slugging, the second lowest in the league. They play half their games in Coors Field and they can't even get a 300 slugging percentage out of the position. I think Brandon Rodgers has a long leash. I think this is a team looking to make another push like they did last year after a slow start. And I think they realize, hey, we need to get some production out of the second base position. So I ultimately do believe his leash is... uh, like, he's safe. I think he, as long as he doesn't, you know, completely bottom out like he boom, I think he will continue to be up in the major leagues. So, to me, he that's the reason I feel a little bit safer about him. That's why I keep saying I'm willing to go over 30% for him. But, again, these four guys, all 25 30%, go upwards, of, go towards 35% for whichever one you feel strongest about. Yeah, Greg, we've got the question a lot so far that, well, is he just filling in for Trevor Story if Trevor Story's hurt, or is he here to play second base? I... All along have said, I think it's the latter. I mean, Ryan McMahon has been given an opportunity, and he has not taken advantage of it. For most of the year, he's hit 230, 240. He has three home runs. Two of those came in the same game. So he hasn't performed. Uh, Garrett Hampson hasn't performed as well. So I do think that Brendan Rodgers, maybe if Trevor Story is still banged up, he'll play shortstop a few games here. But I think overall, they want this kid up to play second base full-time for them. I don't have a problem with that number. Me personally, I do rank him a little bit lower than some of these other guys. I understand it's Coors Field. Uh, I just feel like... Austin Riley and Kesson here, and I might be wrong about this. I'm not like a prospect guru by any means, but I feel like those guys were more regarded as being better offensive players than Brendan Rodgers. I feel like Rodgers is better all around, like really good defender as well, and that's why he gets hyped up in prospect circles. But from a fantasy perspective, I feel like Hiura and Austin Riley might have a little bit more upside. So that's why I would rank those guys a little bit higher. But if you want that exposure to Coors Field, I I don't have a problem with going as high as Florio's saying. Does the defense factor into you guys at all that Austin Riley is playing an outfield position that he just started to learn and they have a guy, a gold glover like Ender Inciarte, who they could ultimately 
fill in his spot if he was to struggle. Or uh, with with Hayura, we hear all the time his defense is far from what is why he is up here. Does that question of factor into you at all? Because I know Carter Keyboom's defense struggled, and, and that was part of why he got sent back down. I think it's a good question, and I think it's a fair point, and I feel like we we addressed this a little bit the other day, Greg, when we were talking about it, but it always comes down to what they, I think it comes down to what they do offensively, what the leash is for them defensively. Totally well. agree. Totally. So if, if, Austin, it, so if Austin Riley hits, I think that they're going to kind of suck it up, whatever he does in left field. Like, they'll pull him late in games. We saw that the other day. Charlie Colberson came in for him, and even once... Ender Inciarte is back. This is just me speculating. I don't think anyone knows right now. I saw you know, a few Atlanta beat reporters have already been asked this question, and, and they're trying to answer it to the best of their ability, and they're saying, like, I don't even think anyone really knows. But my guess would be you know, they'll give Marcakis a day off here and there. They'll get Ender Inciarte in the lineup. They'll give Josh Donaldson a day off here and there because he's a little bit older, and they'll put, play Austin Riley at third base for those games. And I think he'll play most of the time as long as he performs. And when it comes to Kesson Hiera, look, Mike, I don't know how good he is defensively or how bad he is, but he's got to be better than Mike Moustakis and Travis <laughs> at second base. So I think that obviously helps his cause as well. So it sounds like Hira safer potentially than Austin Riley and Brendan Rodgers, just given the Colorado Rockies theories of not playing young players. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I've ranked him the highest. Fair enough. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to move on from these young players. We talked about the bargain veterans. Let's talk about who those bargain veterans are and how much you should spend next. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. In this league. We're going to band together. We're going to fight the man. We're going to fight him. Who's that man? We're going to bring him to their knees. It's a woman. It's Jeannie Butts. Uh-oh. Woman. Get Trey Clavis. Uh, Travis Dwayne. Dwayne's that flag. Oh, that LeBron James a problem. That's what I'm trying to say. They're out here like all the fans are out there. They're like, hey, that is Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. BFFs here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank brought up a fantastic point during the break. He's like, okay, we have all these prospects that are out there. 
Everybody wants them, and understandably so. But in order to do so, you got to drop them. you got to drop somebody to go out and get them. So at what level, where are we about dropping certain players? Frank, you brought up Jason Hayward during the break. Mike, would you drop Jason Hayward for any of these guys? Yeah, Jason Hayward was fun while he lasted, but he's batting below 200 in the month of May. At least uh, as of yesterday, he was. So I have no problem dropping Jason Hayward. Yeah, I agree with that. He's 0 for his last 16, batting average down to 235 overall. It was fun while it lasted, Mike. You're right. And I have him in the main event, so I'll probably be looking to replace him this weekend, Greg. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Jason Hayward I got hot, but it's no longer a thing. Would you drop for these guys, Frank, Yandy Diaz, battling a bit of a, an ankle injury, I believe, or an injury of some sort? Oh, man, this is a tough one, too, because Yandy Diaz has... He's been a little inconsistent recently, but overall, I mean, the numbers have still been uh, pretty good. Nine home runs, 25 runs, 22 RBIs, um, 273 batting average. I don't think that I would, Greg. And I understand wanting to get these guys on my team, but he's been good. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I'm not dropping Yandy. I own Yandy in multiple spots. He has been a a little up and down this year, but man, he's he's playing every day. He's hitting cleanup for the Rays. You want to get you know some exposure in that lineup. I I cannot drop Yandy Diaz right now. There there have to be someone else on my team I would want to drop first. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Greggy, one of the questions we were getting in the chat, and I said I wouldn't drop this player. It's tough. Uh, I don't I don't have any exposure. You know I was off this guy, but Joey Votto. Joey Votto's. He's having a terrible year. He's, it seems like he's, he's not Joey Votto anymore. Uh, you know, even going back to last year, at least last year he hit 284. The power was down tremendously. He only hit 12 home runs. But this year it's kind of like we're getting both of those things together. There's not much power, and the batting average is 215. It's May 17th. This guy has a 23% strikeout rate. That's not like Joey Votto. Mike, I said I wouldn't drop him. Maybe I'm just thinking too much about, like, the draft capital. And I understand, you know, a month and a half into the season, you can't really think about that much anymore, but... This is a tough one. I don't think that I would drop Joey Votto. Would you? No, I wrote about Joey Votto this week. I understand how frustrating he's been, but I expect the power to increase. Like His heart hit rate is 39%. It's a little bit lower than what it was last year, but the fly ball rate is a career high, 44.4%. Like Those balls should be leaving the park. So I, I his home run to fly ball ratio right now is even lower than it was last year, which was half less than half of what it was the year before. I expect improvement there. But I get it. If you're if you're frustrated and you want to put him on your bench, sure. But I I still not ready to drop him just yet. I think I'm more likely to trade him. And I know this doesn't necessarily like fit the philosophy of what we like normally tell people to do: sell high and and buy low. But I still would imagine that there's someone in a league somewhere that still has faith in Joey Votto based on his name value. So I think I'd be more likely to yep, trade him I than I, before I drop him, Greg. I agree. Uh, who else here is? I've been getting questions about Clint Frazier, too. But, you know, my question back to other people is, look, Clint Frazier was a highly regarded prospect as well, and he, and he hits in Yankee Stadium. And I understand this month has not been good for him. And kind of spoke about this yesterday, Greg, that potentially the injury that he suffered derailed uh, some of that momentum that he had. And, and he was performing so well in the month of April. It just sucks that he got hurt, and now he's come back in May. And basically, since he's come back, he, he hasn't been himself. But he himself is also a prospect, and... He hits in the middle of a good lineup in a good ballpark. So it's like, what are you really expecting out of these prospects that's different than what you're expecting from Clint Frazier? So I'll throw that one your way as well, Mike. Would you drop Clint Frazier? That one is close. Uh, Again, I feel like there's probably would be someone on my team I would want to drop more. But if not, I would drop him not for Nicky Lopez or Mercado. 
Uh, but p- for the other four, I think I would I would take that upside shot. I'm more on your side with that point, right? Like Clint Frazier was that top prospect earlier, but much like Willie Calhoun, the, the shine was off. And I understand that Calhoun homered back-to-back games. But Frazier was really hot until he got hurt. To me, let him kind of run back into form. Prospects are going to ebb and flow. I, I think if you have Clint Frazier, you're not hoping that those guys become Frazier because he struggled. And you probably spent a lot of money to get him, too. Frazier, yeah. to me, I'm, I'm, the leash is longer for me on Clint Frazier. I'm not dropping Frazier for these guys. Yeah, I'm closer to you on that one as well, Greg. I've, no surprise. I've, yeah, fans. I wouldn't want to drop him at all. Uh, so it, for me, though, I did pick up Nicky Lopez and Mercado each in a different home league. Uh, I, players I dropped from him, I dropped Trevor Richards, sadly, in one tier. And then uh, another player I've been supporting, uh, I've dropped Pablo Lopez in another, and, and I don't next, want to drop. I'm sorry for cutting yeah. you off. Pablo Lopez is actually the next name I was going to ask you about. Um, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't want to ideally drop him, but I had a lot of pitching depth, and he was just unfortunately the last pitcher on my roster. So I said, you know what? I, I didn't have any bench bats in this league. I wanted to get in on one of these prospects. I had to do what I had to do. What about Hunter Pence? We just picked up Frank. Good as gone. Well, we didn't spend much to get him. I think we got no, him for like a four dollar bid out of a hundred. So homered yesterday, though. Everybody homered the pitchers. I, I, I would, I would think that in a 15-teamer, you might be able to find someone else that you could drop before Hunter Pence. I mean, he still was doing a lot of good things. I don't want to poo-poo him. I know, you know, of course, the week that we pick him up seems to be like the week that he's gone cold. He hit a home run yesterday, but overall this week he hasn't been great. But he was still doing a lot of really good things, so I don't want to downplay that all too much. Uh, is the worst player on your roster? Then yes, I could see dropping him for these prospects. Anybody else... Come to mind, gentlemen, that's worth discussing. I mean, it's hard to obviously do it this way. I'll throw a few names out your way. Guys that got off to hot starts that are kind of cooling down now. Uh, Three names. Michael Franco. um, I will also say... Who else was I looking at here? Kike Hernandez, I'll throw out there as well. I'll drop Kike for sure. And then Dansby Swanson. Three names that that got off to hot starts and are kind of cooling down here. And I think, especially for these top four... I don't know if I would drop all three of them for these other like lower prospects that, we're, that we talked about, but for the top four, I think I would be all right dropping all three of those guys. So the only one, or I hesitate actually, is Michael Franco, because he was so good, and he's in that lineup and in that ballpark yeah. where I really hesitate. But I have him in a league, man. Like, he's, he's so do I, been, we have him together. He's, like, the batting average is all the way down to 238. You look yeah. at the batted ball data, like he's not hitting the ball hard, too. It's like, I, don't, I think that first month might have just been a little bit fluky. What do you think about those three players, Mike? Yeah, I'm okay. To me, the one I had the most pause about is uh, is Dansby Swanson, actually, because he plays that premium position. I picked him up in a league and I've been happy with the production I've got. And I know it's up and down with him as well. But again, former top prospect, uh, high pedigree. But for those top four, I would drop all three of them. Uh, I wanted to throw two names to you guys because these are two names that I've gotten a lot this week. Uh, it's Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel. So I think it depends on where you're at in the standings, Greg. Like, if you're at the top and you're going to need a closer, like, we know Craig Kimball's going to be signed. Someone's going to sign him. Someone's going to sign Keiko also. There's no way I could drop them because they have trade value. I'd be more likely to drop Keiko than I would I'm not. Kimbrell. I can't drop. I'm not dropping Kimball could, like, when he comes back in June, he could go back to being a top five, top ten closer. Sure. So... I, I would be more likely to drop Keiko than I would Kimbrel. I'm not going to drop either. But I think it, it also depends on where you're at in the standings. Like, if you're falling behind, Greg, you can only have so many players that you're stashing on Trade your bench. Trade them. Trade You're trying them. to stash prospects. You're trying to stash these guys who are I not know. signed yet. You're waiting for players to come back from injury. It's tough. I understand Total, that. Totally get it. But that's, if that's the position you're in and you have one or both of these guys, you train them to somebody that can afford to wait. 
That's what I've been saying. Uh, like, we've held out this long. We have like two or three more weeks to go. I, I think Kimbrell, once he signs, he's on a major league roster. Like, I would be surprised to see him need rehab, like a like a minor league stint at all. And Dallas Keuchel might be the same thing. Uh, one other name, though, just just because I I've been thinking about the names that I've been getting questions about a lot. And this one is a player who I liked a lot heading into the year. It's Jesse Winker getting a lot of questions. Should I drop oh, Winker for, mainly for Riley and Calhoun? I love Jesse Winker. He's my guy. We spoke about this the other day, too, Greg. And, and initially, my response was, well, wh- what are you expecting these prospects to do that we're, that we're not expecting from Jesse Winker, right? So kind of similar to Clint Frazier, where he's a former top prospect himself. He hits in a good ballpark. And I think as the weather starts to heat up more and more in Cincinnati, the ball's going to start to fly out there. And while the batting average is 221, obviously that's not ideal. This was a guy that at every level... The one thing you could depend on him to do was hit for batting average. So I would kind of hang my head on that when it comes to Jesse Winker and still hitting the ball extremely hard, 44% hard hit rate, uh, hits too many ground balls for my liking overall. But again, good ballpark. He hits in the middle of a good lineup. My question is, what are you expecting these prospects to do that we're not expecting Jesse Winker to do? You do have the nine home runs from Winker. Obviously, RBIs aren't there, but it's not really his fault. He's got 15 of them, 21 runs. For most split. of the season, he was leading off. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I think you can expect more power out of Riley, potentially Calhoun. I think the power for Winker is going, like, I think his average is going to skyrocket and he's gonna, not going to hit 221. He's a 214 Babbitt, but he's also, he hits the ball on the ground a ton, Frank. So he's really relying, like you said, so he's relying on that high home run to fly ball rate. I, to me, I wouldn't bank on this power pace keeping up, but I think the average is going to get a lot. But do better. remember those minor league numbers where he didn't have all those home runs came before the juice balls in the minor leagues. And that is no, 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 I'm even, I'm saying this year, the nine okay. home runs so far this year, like 29% home run to fly ball rate is pretty high. Like can he, is it sustainable? Could he sustain it? I mean, over the course of a season? Sure. But I don't know if I want to bank on that. Yeah. 29% is rather high for what it's worth. Uh, all the other, Projection systems on Fangraphs have him for between 11 and 17 home runs the rest of the way, and between 266 and 273 batting average. So, pretty good batting average the rest of the way from him. And and, you know the the power is all over the place, but the bat, Derek Cardi's projections. I mean, pretty smart dude knows a lot more than me and you do, Greg. He has him for 17 home runs the rest of the way. That would give him 26 overall. You're gonna drop a 26 home run hitter? I'm not 273 the rest of the way. Let me ask you one last one. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't want to drop him. Frank, before we get to the veterans here. Will you drop Daniel Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a very relevant question right now, Greg. Uh, I would not. Okay. Florio? I think, I think you're just giving up a little bit too early, and, and we know what his upside could be. Florio, would you drop Jesus Aguilar? <laughs> That's a good one, too. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Aguilar... <laughs> that's a really tough one. I would say no to Murphy for sure, although I don't know if he's healthy. Frank, that's why I, have, I can't decide if I want to trade for him I from you or not. I keep trying to trade I, with Florio. <laughs> we keep going back and I, forth. Florio, just, Frank told me about your proposal. I thought it was, re- I thought it was fair. I really actually, did. I offered I, it to him. I just threw it out there. I was like, hey, Joe Musgrove. I, think, I, I don't think it's unfair. My fear is Daniel Murphy's rushed back and if he's going to land on the IL again because that would do me no good then because I'd be in the same position I am now. Um, that's the only reason I have a little hesitation. Jesus Aguilar, for the top guys, yes. For Lopez or Mercado, no. I agree with that. Huh, we can finally get rid of him. This is great. We get rid of him! All right! Yeah. Hey, 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 Florio. Who's going to play first base for us? Anyway. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> Isn't Ronnie Rodriguez eligible for first base? Oh, Ronnie! Ronnie's crushing it, man. <laughs> um, 
Florio. He actually only Would you? has shortstop eligibility on really? CBS. Really? CBS he does? On Yahoo, he has everything. Everything, yeah. He has everything on um, Yahoo. Florio. You can play Yandy Diaz at first. I least. know this is a no, but I just want to throw it out. Would you drop Alex Wood for them? Yes. Wow. What? This wow. Whole, the whole Alex Wood thing changed once he had a setback. That's when I was like, all right, we could drop him. But before that, it was like, yo, he's going to be back first week of May. It's like the week before May, and Greg's like, yo, let's cut him. Yeah, and I was right. You were right after the setback. <laughs> I was right, man. Back, I stand by the fact that we didn't need to drop him. Did we drop Who him? Would we have- well, you know what? You, you're wrong. Because we have to drop Zach Eflin and then spend money to get him back. Yeah, well, we didn't spend that much. I, so I didn't matter. want to drop Zach Eflin. I did not want to drop Zach Eflin. Oh, so you guys are basically blaming me. I was sleeping, so it wasn't my fault. <laughs> well, I asked Mike. I was like, all right, well, who do you want to drop? Alex, drop it was, you could have been Alex Wood. So, I think we had, so we had another bid on Alex Wood. I think we needed like a middle infielder that, that week. Correct. We had six on dropping Alex Wood, and we didn't get any. <laughs> Oh, the trials and tribulations of teaming with two people. Mike, why does Zach Wheeler suck? <laughs> Zach Wheeler just can't pitch against the Nationals. That's it. Like, I tweeted before this last start his numbers from that blow-up start against the Nats before this last week's start, and he was pitching like an ace, man. Below three ERA, below three in ERA indicators, oh, well over a strikeout per inning, giving you 10 like, in three of his last four outings. So it's just, for some reason, when he faces the Nationals, you have my permission to sit him. Other than that, he p- he's been pitching well this year. Well, Mike, would you like to know who his next start is against? It's against the Nationals. The Nationals! Let's go! Are you serious? you got a two-start week next week, Nationals and Tigers. Oh, my God. So, basically, you're going to get one five-inning, six-earned-run performance and probably one seven-inning, let's say, two-earned-run performance. That's going to be your Zach Wheeler double start next week. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm it like it is. Why does Patrick like is, Corbin, man. Frank, who you selected Zach Wheeler over, Frank, pitch against the Mets every time and dominate them, because the Mets suck. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the Nationals. Well, you know, Zach Wheeler probably wishes that he could face the Mets too. Not his fault. That, that's a fair point. <laughs> you see, Patrick Corbin doesn't. Have I, to I don't want to do. Th- I don't want to do this, Flory. I really don't. What do you care anyway? But, like, it's I have but, a main event with Greg Bynum, not with you. So you shouldn't care. The, the guys are three Gs. I'll stick together. But okay. <laughs> um, I don't want to do this, Steve Flory. But I just feel like you're at that point. Like, remember that first week of April where every Mets fan was like, yay! And now we're in May, where we always are, and they're all just like, we suck. I mean, it's the well, same thing every year. Yes, it is. It's ridiculous. It's the frustrating part. It's ridiculous. Like, it's, it's like clockwork. The Mets, for some reason, are always awesome in April. They, they always are going to win on opening day. We know that. Always. But from May on, they just can't figure it out. I do think they're going to be better this year. Uh, than they were last, but I, to think that they are going to win the division if coming into the year, I did not think they were making the playoffs. Well, you know, it is a dogfight, though. If you look at the NL East right now, the Phillies are leading it at 24-19, so they're only five games over 500, and, like, the Braves are close. The Mets, as, like, up and down as they've been, they're only three and a half games out, and, you know, it could be worse, Mikey. Uh, Greg and I both chose the Washington Nationals to win the NL East this year, and we both had Anthony Rendon as our National League MVP, so it could be worse. He looked like it until he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, and we uh, we we discounted some a player named Christian Yelich. That yeah, I mean a lot of people. I think did. my dad actually chose Yelich to be the MVP two years in a row when he was on the show. I can look that up. If you I want. think he did. Yeah, hold on, I'll look, I'll, look, I'll look it up for you. Oh, shout out to my mom too, by the way. Happy birthday, mom! It's your mom's Woo! birthday today. 
Happy yeah. birthday, Frank's mom. Happy yeah. birthday to Frank's yeah. mom. We're gonna, I'm, I'm going by their house tonight. A little, little party hard. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, your father selected, he did not. Oh, gosh. He selected Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado. All right, not a bad, not a bad, not a bad pick. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Frankie, I got, I got Christian Yelich 10 overall in our home league. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, that's great. I, I don't know why. I was planning on taking Chris Sale, and I got him. I was so happy. So I had, I had third overall, and I took Max Scherzer because it's a points league. Right. I, wanted, yeah, I, remember that. I wanted pitching. Totally. You know, my top three picks in that league were Max Scherzer, Freddie Freeman, and Giancarlo Sand. All three have been quite underwhelming. We didn't talk to Freddie Freeman. To- that's why I'm two and four. We didn't talk about Freeman at all. He hit a home run last night, but overall... It just feels like he hasn't done enough this year. At least not what I was expecting from him. And then Giancarlo Stanton, that's just a dumpster fire. Florio, what are you up to this weekend? Uh, this is more of like a chill weekend. I have a bunch of trips coming up in June and July, so I'm really looking right. forward to that. Are any of them to New York? Yes, I haven't booked New York yet, but it's either going to be the middle week of June or the middle week of July. I'm going back and forth on that, but I'm going to Florida the week after next. Uh, I won't be able to do BFFs that week. Sorry, guys. I'm going to Mexico one week soon. I'm going to San Fran. It's going to be it's a good Skype couple months. from Mexico? Months That's cool. Uh, and certainly Florida. Florida. Florida, I can Mexico, I'm not sure if I can. Yeah, they, they don't let you have Wi-Fi there. All right. From Mike Florio, we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week, bud. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. All righty. Hour number two including Jason Stark's weekly trivia question, is up next. Stick around. More BFFs. Right after this.